0: You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. dot com. Hello and welcome to Hapsit Minded. My name is Jared Brook. I'm joined by Kevin Raphael, who is the host of the Star Restriction podcast. Uh, he is a WWE commentator for TBS Ball, and he's also the executive producer of the Women's Hockey Docu-series Gap Year. Kevin, how are you?
1: Hey, I'm doing good. I I'm, I'm I'm healthy right now. So, so as of uh Sunday, the twentieth of June. I'm I'm healthy, so we good. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the most important thing, I think. Uh, yeah, for for everyone right now, everyone's staying safe. Um, I, I, we'll get started with the the most recent, I guess, sports news that we have. Uh, what was your reaction uh, to the NHL draft lottery?
1: Oh man, that's bullshit. I mean, come on now. Think we're stupid. <laughs> doing that, doing that Vince McMahon shit on us, and and then and then act like it was a surprise, and then act like it didn't happen. Come on, man! Oh man, I, I I'm done with them. I'm done with <laughs> them. But uh, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see uh, who will get Alexi, and and I can't wait to you know speak with Alexi, and 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 well, I spoke with him uh, yesterday. Or the day of the draft? and i can not to to talk to him again about uh this whole thing
0: if that happened on on like raw
1: would would you be just like would you just roll your eyes if something like that happened okay so the, the, like even the wwe wouldn't do something like that like they know they know we're not stupid so they, don't, they didn't even show um uh what's his name the guy daily picking the the, the, the the balls or the whatever you call them. They didn't even show him. They just add him with cardboards and showing the teams. Like, come on, you gotta make an effort to make it believable. They they just did it. They, man, I was so pissed when I saw that. I was like, man, they think we're stupid. You gotta put more energy in it. I don't mind that like like their thinking is good. It's like LeBron James going to Cleveland. Like what was yeah. the change like we all knew it was fixed. <laughs> It was fixed, okay. Everybody knew it was fixed, and we are we live with that. But at least they made an effort, you know. Hide it. the NHL they did no effort.
0: He just had like a smile too when he was talking about it, right? Like, as he flips over the card, he just see like I don't know if that smile was like I can't believe we're doing this or I can't believe this happened, but you can tell that he was there's a little bit of like I can't believe this is happening right now and I have to be on t- TV like. I bet you he was like thinking, "Why isn't Gary doing this? Why do I have to be the one to do this right now?"
1: We never see Gary Batman do the laundry thing. It's always Daily. We, but but Bill Daly always does the the the, the shitty jobs. He never gives away the Stanley Cup. Never. He, he, he never gives away trophies. Never. He never does the the interview. He does shit like he did on, on Sports Nets last Friday. So. I mean, can't, can't trust them. Can't trust none of them.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's funny, too, because he, he doesn't get booed either, right? Gary Bettman gets all the boos. You know, no one ever boos Bill Daley, but he's never really in a, in a place to get booed. Exactly,
1: because they hide him, because he'd be booed. <laughs> he'd be booed. Let's be, and, and we have the right to boo these people. Like, how, how the hell there's 22 teams in the playoffs? <laughs> 22 teams. So you have 31 teams in the league, and almost 80% of the league are making the playoffs. Possible. How is it possible? Just just go on the record and say it's a money thing. Let's scrap the season and let's have a tournament. If you say that, I understand. But don't come at me and say, Well, I mean, we're gonna we wanna give the chance to everybody. The Habs at eight game losing streaks and they make the playoffs. This league makes no sense. That's why the United States, like people in the States, they cannot you know, by this league, because it makes no sense.
0: Yeah, at least the NBA is, is having, like, a regular season before yeah. before the playoffs start, right? So it's a little bit different.
1: But, yeah, at least they're, they're playing to get in. They mm-hmm. just don't get in, yeah. like, easily. And the NBA, too, is pretty shady. Oh, we we want to put Zion in, and we want to put... <laughs> I'm like, fine, I don't mind, but playoff it's 16 teams. Like I respect your history. It's yeah. sixty, and I'm gonna sound old, and and but, man, you respect your history because I don't know if, if what if what if Zion makes it to the NBA finals? Guy played three games in the regular season. Like the the, the draft lottery idea,
0: having those placeholder teams was a good idea until one of them won, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, what do not now now we actually have to go through with this?
1: It's, it's a good idea if. You show us that it's real and that it's true. Don't just show us the boards and then, oh well, it happened. We need proofs.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely, you know, I the, the, it's we'll, we'll see who ends up winning the number one pick. <laughs> if it's if it's Arizona, maybe it's just Taylor Hall who's just lucky again. But if it's anybody else, um, you Actually. know, if it's Edmonton or. Montreal or or Toronto or Pittsburgh. Alex C would change
1: the whole face of that team. He's that good. Like, I was talking to to other uh, NHLers, and they were like, like, Alex C is already better than most of us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't understand what you're saying. And they're like, yeah, we played against him in the summer, and he's that good. And that was last year.
0: Yeah, it's... That's
1: how great this kid is right now.
0: It, it it makes it worse that we know who's going to be the number one pick, and we don't know which team is going to be number. If it was if it was really close at the top, it'd be a little bit different. But I, I feel like it's it's even yeah. it's even worse for him because he knows he's probably going to go number one, but he just doesn't know what team is going to oh, be number, number one. one. Yeah,
1: no, exactly. But at this year's draft is stacked, and <laughs> and people like if you, the Senators will have two franchise players. Ash Stutzel and and Rossi, and, you know, I'm not high on on Byfield, not high on him, but but the other guys, man, they're getting studs, like Sanfield, whatever his name is. Uh, I I did a podcast with um, two of the guys. We go through the draft, and I think the podcast out on Friday, so I had to watch, like, hockey games from Sweden. I think I watched over over 2,000 hours of hockey, like... Just to do my top ten, but this year's draft, Shh. man, it's stacked, it's
0: stacked. Yeah, I I think I saw something the other day where if if the Senators were picking um, third and fifth in in 2017, it would be like M- Miro Heskinen and Elias Pedersen. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's just that's, nuts. that's that's crazy. That's that franchise altering. And yeah even, yeah, though, yeah, even though they didn't yeah. get the number one pick, they, they're still going to get two really good players. Um, the draft is—you yeah, got a franchise player. Yeah, they get two. Um, they get so two, and
1: they get two cracks at it as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. You get two. And then and then and let's not forget they have to sign for long. term. I mean, Duke will sign for long term too, probably. Yeah. And then you got um, what's his name? The 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 young. He's Swedish. Eric Yeah, Mainstram, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so pair him with. With one of the young defensemen at the pit. Yo, this team's gonna be very good. They have a shitty coach and a shitty shit not a shitty coach, a shitty owner, but that team's gonna be good.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think I think Ottawa's gonna be um if they can keep all their players together, um, they're gonna be a, a team to watch for sure. I I wanna transition a little bit to, to women's hockey and you know Yeah if if, if if people know me, they know that's not a surprise. <laughs> but I remember watching, and this is something I've wanted to ask you for, for a long time. Um, I remember watching your show and you had Anne-Sophie Batey on. It was probably about two years ago. And yeah. at that point, she, she had asked you at one point, have you ever seen one of our games? And you said no. Yeah. What, what changed since then? I mean, what, because right now I would say that you're one of the biggest and most notable women's hockey supporters probably in Montreal, in terms of somebody yeah. from, from outside. What, what changed from, from that interview?
1: That interview changed everything. She said, why, why didn't you come to a game? I said, oh, no, I don't know. I didn't. I, I've never been. Then it's it's hockey. I love hockey. So let's go. And I knew and I knew for, for for a longer time and and I think I met Pooh once. Uh, so I was like, okay, yeah, let's go to a game. So I went to a game and I, I was like, yo, this is everything to me. The, 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 the vibe, the people, the the, you know, uh, the 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 volunteers, the game was so fast, so good. And I was like, man, so this this is this is for me. This is I like I, I support women's sport. And women's sports is not just soccer or basketball; it's it's women's hockey too. So, and Safi changed my whole perspective of of the sport and my whole perspective of you know women's sports in general. So that's why that's gonna be my legacy. I'm gonna not I'm not gonna I am going to i going to i do not want to be the guy that uh, talked about the Canadians. I want to be the guy that support women's hockey forever. So that's why uh, that's why you'll see me at almost every game that I can make it. And and the the
0: thing is, and and the the challenge that they have, and I think that. What you just said is, is a big part of that. Is just get people into the arena, because once you yeah. once you see it, there's nothing that you know. There's people who don't watch a game say, like, "Oh, it's not physical. Oh, it's slow." But if you actually give it a chance, those arguments go out the window. The, like when when I see those arguments, I know that that person has never seen women's hockey before, because if it, it's clear that exactly. if you if you give it a chance, and and they say this all the time as well, that the the skill that is there is is noticeable and and if you like hockey there's no reason not to like women's hockey
1: exactly and, and what you said is, is pretty strong because if you get in you don't get out this women's hockey thing is so great i want so uh, almost uh, uh, every playoff game i invite 10 people or every big games i invite 10 peoples or like the one at the bell center at, at the place bell i invited 24 <laughs> and i want them to Just get in the arena. So I invited Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. He became a huge women's hockey fan. He defends women's hockey, uh, uh, brings Pooh to his foundation and stuff like that. So these are the kind of things that helps. I invited Rosemarie Autante-Morin, a huge feminist, a huge, very, very smart girl. She fell in love with women's hockey. She's like, when when the league is coming back, we want to go watch games. So everyone that I brought stayed. That's 100% of the people that I brought stayed. So if... They had more marketing, like promotion, and people behind them, and you know, more people watch it, more the people will support it,
0: and and that kind of goes into um, the the gap year um, docu series that, that you have. It's on YouTube if you're listening to this for the first time and, and haven't heard about it or, or seen it. What was the? I guess were you just using your your spot in 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 sports media to to, to kind of put a spotlight on it, because especially in the French media, there's not really that much talked about it. You know, Montreal is probably one of the more popular places for women's hockey, and there's still not that much information about it for,
1: for French speakers. Is that something that you notice as well? We, we, we are not a hockey town. We're not. Minnesota is a hockey town. They love men and women hockey. That's a hockey town. Wisconsin is a hockey town. They love women and men hockey. Of hockey. They don't care about it. one team, support one team. We're on a hockey town. We're Montreal, Canadian town. And that's, like, everybody that talks with me about that subject, and sometimes it rubs people the wrong way, but I'm like, have you been to a women's hockey game? Have you talked about a women's hockey game? Have you talked about anybody else than Pooh or Melo or Betty Or Carolyn Willett? Anybody else? Have you spoke? to one of them or about one of them? And their answer is always no. So we're not a hockey town, we're a Montreal Canadian town, and I will use my platform and I will use my voice to help them. It's not about raising people or stuff like that. It's about, we're side by side and we're walking together to a a common goal where um, in 10 years, little girls won't have to go through what they're going through. So, it, it it pisses me off that this city of Montreal, where it's the land of opportunity, when you you love hockey, we don't get you know, we don't get more coverage of women's hockey. And and, and the funny thing is is you see w- w- with the
0: Canadians, there's a lot of people who want you know the French Canadian stars in the city. You know, there's there's always yeah. talk about that. You look at you know the the stars and the Canadiens they were all pretty much local stars, you know, it it was, there were, there were more local players, French Canadian players than, than there were uh, anybody else. And it's, it's kind of like, okay, you you want a team that wins championships? They can't again do that. You want a team with local talent? They can't again do that. And and it's just, um, it, it was always surprising that, you know, they. There was not really, you know, the first the first CWHL game that was broadcast in French was actually the last CWHL game, uh, the Clarkson Cup that 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 TV Espoir, um put on TV and and the the final championship game, and that that it, it always was surprising that there wasn't more effort on, on that side of things because you know, you look at you, you mentioned um, Marie Fugulin, Marie Daou, and Sophie Bate. is also you know, Laurian Rougeau, so, so many players who.
1: Geneviève Lacasse, uh, Emran Smasher Meyer, yeah. uh, Hillary Knight. I was Hillary's <laughs> first interview when she landed in, in, in Montreal. I was so mad about that. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? I'm the first person you're going to talk to. You're one of the greatest players to ever play hockey. You're the greatest American player of all time. And I'm the first guy you're speaking to. This is disgraceful. I was, I was, I was not happy with that. Where, where are the big dogs, the the guys that are making the big money in, in 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 media today that don't want to talk to the greatest American female player of all time? I was, I was not happy. I was happy that you know, <laughs> because she's amazing and I love her and and we became friends and and she got my back, I got her back. But at the end of the day, I was. I, Two years ago, I was not in a position to be the first guy. It's like me having an interview. It's like Jonathan Tapes come to Montreal, not the, Patrick Kane comes to Montreal, and I'm the first guy that interviews Patrick Kane. Yeah, trust me, they, they, they'd be a lineup, a crazy lineup of reporters to interview Patrick Kane before me. It,
0: it, the funny, the funny story about Hillary Knight, I don't think I've ever told this um, in, in a podcast, but I was actually on a plane from. Florida to Detroit um, on my way to Montreal and I, I land in Detroit and I turn my phone on because I have a, a connection and I just see my phone going crazy and it's not going crazy in terms of emails it's going crazy in terms of very specific people messaging me and I'm like I turn to my wife and I look at her and I'm like something just happened and I didn't know at that point because I didn't get my all my emails yet but I'm just looking at my, my notifications and sure enough, I end up seeing that Hillary Knight had had signed to Montreal, and it it, it it wasn't surprising. The timing was surprising, and I just happened to be, you know, not even in the city when when she did her first press conference and, and things like that. But um, I was there the next day. But yeah, it, it was it was one of those moments where it's like, why isn't this a, a bigger deal in, in Montreal? And and to, to their credit, you know, the the her first game it was sold out. When, when they played. But, I mean, it, it just felt like that was a huge moment. And then the next year, not only is Hillary Knight coming back, but Magnificent Polanyi is coming back. You have both of them on the same team for the first time. And it just kind of was not really important. And it just... I, I, I've been around women's hockey a long time, so nothing really surprises me anymore. But it, it felt like that was a moment that could have... Um, probably have been bigger than, than it than it was
1: that, that that moment is a game changer that moment is something that we will go back and say um we were there uh, we lived through that and we had the greatest american player and the greatest canadian player on the ice at the same time like Crosby and and I always use Patrick Kane because for me Patrick Kane is one of the greatest American players ever. But it's like Crosby playing with Patrick Kane on the same line or almost or, or on the same power play for a full year. Yeah. What? Like think about how crazy that shit is. The guy that the, the girls played together and admitted that admit was crazy underrated. And I always say, you know, Pooh is the greatest player of all time. Fine, but Melody, that she's not far behind. She's that great. Yeah. So you you add Melo too on that power play. Come on now,
0: come on now. And then you add, you know, Anne Sophie Vautier, Aaron Ambrose, and you know. Oh my <laughs>
1: God! Oh my, like, it's 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 so great. We're we're so lucky to um have witnessed that and. Yeah, it sucks that this year it's it's pretty bad and 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 we don't have a league yet, mm-hmm. and COVID screwed up everything and we couldn't see them at the World Championship. I had tickets for the World Championship in Halifax, and trust me, I'll be there in twenty one uh, in twenty twenty one. But uh, we have this we have this opportunity to see Kendall Coyne playing with Milet or Anthony Fibetti. things that we would thought we would never see before. Yeah, so we got to enjoy this moment. We got to enjoy this thing because we don't know when, when it's going to stop and when we're all going to go back to our teams rooting for our own teams and and start to hate corn again
0: <laughs> yeah it, it's it's kind of it's kind of reverse of, of the NHL because when the NHL goes to the Olympics it's like oh we get to see you know all these these players together you know potentially Crosby and McDavid or or you know things like that and and when you look at women's hockey it's like that's just what happens it happens every, between every four years where you have you know these players you know play and night playing together you have you know uh brianna decker and, and rebecca johnson playing together wow uh wow. It, it's it, it's something that happens you know so often where everything is so canada usa but when you put them together and in, into um their own teams it, it's another opportunity and i i guess you know, Gapier kind of talks about that and explains, you know, what's what's on the horizon, what's coming, and it's it's kind of a, a transition period right now for, for the sport, yeah. but the they're still playing hockey. Just because they're they're not in the league, it, they're still playing hockey. I think Montreal had about, I want to say about 10, 10, 12 games in Montreal last year. And I think just the, the, the important thing is just to, you know, ra- raise awareness about it and, and, you know, get people to the games, because... That's the whole thing, and that's what makes the, the partnership, especially with the the Laval Rocket, is that it's there's a lot of crossover there. There's a lot of kids at Rocket games. There's a lot of kids at, at women's hockey games. And and that's kind of where the, you know, there's probably more crossover with the Rocket than are the Canadians um, in terms of just fans. But, you know, I, I think it's been a couple of years since there's been a game at the Bell Centre, and I think that's, um, that's something that's going to have to start again, you know, whether it's a league or not, because... Uh, as I answer, think it's too big. I think it, it's, it's too it's big. Too big. It is too big, but also, you know, Plas Bell is, is a better size for it, but people... Yeah. But there's something about having a game downtown and and allowing people to get into the Bell Centre, um, you know, for less than the price of a beer and, and watch a game and yeah. uh, get close to the ice. And um, I, I think that but, people will show up... Because it's at the Bell Center, people might not show up because it's at Place Bell. I love Place Bell too, and and I think that I feel like if if the Montreal Canadiens were redoing the Bell Center, they would make it a lot more like Place Bell, because Place Bell is comfortable. The Bell Center is not yeah. comfortable. It, it, you know, it doesn't matter where you're sitting really. the, the Bell Center it's, it's tight. The, the hallways are tight. The seats are tight. Everything is just how many people could we fit into a place and, you know, have it still, still work. And, and you know, with, with everything that's going on with, with the pandemic, that's, that's, that's more of an issue than, than ever before. Yeah. Um, but, but Plas Bell is just, it's comfortable. It's, it's beautiful. And it, there's so much room. The the hallways are, are wide. Uh, the, the seats, there's lots of leg room. It, it's just, that was my first, my first reaction when I, when I first went to Plas Bell for a Rocket game in their first year. Was just wow! This is what it should feel like, you know. The, the Bell Center is a great experience, and wherever the Canadians play, it's going to be a great experience. That's that's what they do. But I just feel like they they feel that like, I feel like they 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 want to have a little bit more space in the actual arena part um, that they just didn't don't have at the Bell Center right now.
1: Yeah, and we feel, we we feel like Saint Bell have a history. It ain't no Madison Square Garden. <laughs> No, no it, it, it ain't no Staples Center. I ain't no. There, there's no history there. We we su- like from the time we got to to Bell Center, we sucked. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, what,
1: twenty years now. There's there's no history at that arena. No nothing. Like we we need to stop, like praising the the Bell Center because the Bell Center is is where the Montreal Canadiens plays and everything. There's nothing. Um. Great, that happened in that arena, point blank, no cut, no nothing. Why are we acting like the the Bell Center is that that uh, mystical arena? That every, ah, man, I'm not playing with them. I'm not. I'm not doing that, man. I'm not doing that.
0: Yeah, the, the ghost, the ghost never moved from the forum to the Bell Center.
1: Um, never. <laughs> There's no history there. No history. We have we have memories. That that's yeah. for sure. So. My, my best memory of the Place Bell was a hockey game that was shown on TV from the playoffs, uh, from uh, Bell Center, sorry. A hockey game that was shown on TV from the playoffs when we beat Boston. That's like not even a game in the Bell Center. It was a game <laughs> shown on TV. That's how bad we are.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been a rough uh, 25 years uh, since this, Bell Center opened in 96, so just about 24, 24 25 years. That the Bell Center has been open and, you know, uh, that coincides with 1993 since the last Stanley Cup as well. Not not to say that the well, arena is to blame it, it, for that, but yeah, it, it's been a rough 96? time.
1: 96 was the
0: Bell Center, yeah.
1: It's, oh, I'm telling you, man. I, it's, I'm done with that. Like people selling us stuff that's not worth shit. Don't sell me on the Bell Center. Sell me on Stanley Cups and st- sell me on good players and sell me on uh, uh, people that will help the community. Don't sell me on the history of the bunch of Canadian. I've never seen a Stanley Cup. Don't don't mm. act like I was one. Don't tell me about the history of this. I was one. I need to see mine. I, I don't want you to talk about '93. We've seen movies, we've seen like they're showing the games again, and I'm like, I've I've never felt that. I don't. See, I'm not happy because they won in '93. That wasn't my team. It's not my team. Th- that,
0: that's something that I I think about a lot. Is that you know they they focus on history, and, and that's great. But there's there's a whole generation of fans that have never seen a Stanley Cup. There's a, there's a whole gener- and there's a whole generation of fans where hey, there's there's people who don't remember '93. Who are now having their their own kids, and they're also not—they um, haven't seen a Stanley Cup. So you're getting into a second generation of fans that that have never seen a Stanley Cup, and and I think that yep. th- there's different ways to—I I could go on forever for this, but mar- marketing and and things like that that don't rely on the history because it, it's a changing landscape, and um, you know there's there's a lot of business reasons for the Canadians to kind of change the way that they've been doing things because history is, is nice and great, but it's, it's becoming a long, long time to, to go on history and nothing else.
1: Okay. So let's be real. Let's be real for a second. Okay. So we live in a, in a time where people, they don't like teams anymore. They like players. They will follow the player that they like to the team that they like. Best example, LeBron James. If LeBron James switched four time teams, I switched four times. We will, power to the players right now and then you as an organization will keep bringing back that team that I've never seen I'm 28 can you imagine somebody 18, 19, 20 like they they have no attachment to that team except that yeah daddy and mommy love that team but I like Crosby better so I'm a Pittsburgh Penguins fan I like Ovechkin better because I mean he's cool so I'm a Washington Capitals fans, they don't like teams anymore. They like players. So let's stop building on the history of the team and let's, let's start having players with personalities, players that we can latch on, players that we can be like, yo, I root for this dude. I will, hey, this is my dude. So since he's my dude, this is my team. So that's the problem right now with the Montreal Canadian. And, I mean, if they win the cup this year, everything goes out of the window. But from now on, on June 28, 2020, they need to build the players because like, they, are, they, are, they are all almost boring. We see no personality, no nothing from the players. Why, why, would I, why should I like this team when the guy playing in the team doesn't seem like he likes his, his own team? So why, would, why should I spend money on the team? So that's and I know and I know a lot of people from the marketing department and I love them and they they, they, they work a lot in social media and I always say the social media of the Montreal Canadiens is the best social media like in the league and from a lot of sports teams in the world. But we need to hear more about the players. We need to see more about the players. We need to see them in see them in the community, not promoted, not promoted that this guy's gonna be here, but he showed up here anyway. Like we did at, um, when we brought food to the poor people. Jean-Saint-Pierre uh, Jean wasn't promoted. He showed up. Jean-Saint-Pierre showed up to pick up bags of food to bring it to the poor people. That's why we like him. So people knew about it after. And they're like, Yo, that that dude is a good guy. I, I will support. Whenever he fights again, I got his back. That's what we need from the Montreal Canadian. Not, not makeup stuff. Real stuff. I talk a lot. I'm sorry. No, it's it's okay. <laughs> it's 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 good. It's good to get
0: you know that that perspective because I think there's a lot of people who, who agree with that, or, or who who don't think about that necessarily, um, and think about the, the the voice that that younger people have um, re- regarding the team. Um, speaking of real stuff, though, I, I do want to move on to to your podcast, Saga Stixion. and yeah. uh, I, I don't. It kind of came at a perfect time. Um, because, you know, the, the first episode was, was early March and that was right when yeah. everything was, was kind of going down, um, with the pandemic and, and now there's, there's so much, you know, uh, social justice that's, that's going on around sports. And, um, you, you just had, um, Cory Lajoie, the NASCAR driver on there. I, I mean, it, it kind of came at a place at a time when athletes are finding their voice and you're going deeper than just the sports on the, on that podcast. So, I, I mean, is that, was that always the plan to kind of talk about things that away from, from the sports with, with these athletes?
1: Yeah. But cause these athletes have opinions, they have, um, there's highs, there are lows, there's funny stuff. Um, and there's, you know, conversations that we need to have. Um, restriction was a place, was a, was an idea that we had, uh, Two years ago, we didn't have time to do it. And then last year, we're like, well, we don't have time to do it. And then this year, I'm like, yo, we need to do it. I don't care if I'm working 80 hours a week. We need to do this podcast. Not because we knew that the pandemic was coming, but because it's an outlet for the for the athletes. It's, it's their moment. They can talk about whatever they want to talk to. And I'm not, like, pulling them. And I'm not trying to find scoops or stuff like that. They know that. We know that. We're good. But it's like um, Thomas Chabot came on the podcast Was the first time he was talking about that Uber thing. First time he was talking about it. He talked about it at Longland. Now it's over. If somebody wants to know more, you go back to the podcast. He already talked about it. Uh, and, and we called Lajoie. I DM'd him and, and he, he found out who we had as a guest. He's like, okay, I want to get in and I want to talk. Because this is a place that they can talk and then we can have fun with it, with everything. Because it's simple and real and comfortable, and and that's you know I do it in my basement on my chair. Yeah, I have a nice chair, nice leather chair. I sit back, I open, I crack a beer or I, or I crack some Jack um, Jack Daniels or what, what is um Appleton. What, what am I drinking right now? Appleton rum. It's it's eleven forty nine, and I'm an Appleton rum baby. That's the, every time I do a podcast, I open the bottle and 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 I sit back and I enjoy my time, because. I'm lucky to have this access to those people, and I'm lucky that they want to open up with me.
0: It is a, a French podcast, but you do have English Wednesday.
1: Yeah, we have English Wednesdays. Sometimes we have, well, actually, people got to follow the page because we had <laughs> English Wednesdays, and then three podcasts a week was a lot of work for us. So we're like, okay, so we're going to drop two podcasts a week, A week, but we have So much great stuff that we have. The English, sometimes it's English Friday with Angela Price. Um, this press Friday, it was English Friday, uh, with Corey, it was English Thursday. So, there will be episodes in English. We have a month and a half already taped, we're continuing to tape. And from this month and a half, half of them are English. We have uh, a Cabby Richards, uh, Jill Salnier, and and many, many more interviews in English. I can't wait people to listen to it,
0: yeah. And and that, you know, it's it's a great place because it's just you can tell that everyone is just relaxed and just talking yeah and and it's it's not uh you know in a place where so much you know so many interviews are just the same thing over and over again you can tell that even the guests are just more relaxed than they would be normally and um i think that that's a testament to you making them feel that way but also just the the fact that they know that they can talk about different things and um yeah yeah, I, I, i they can trust me I I knew, I I like I liked you before, but but that podcast is is great also. And so if, if people <laughs> don't know if people don't know who who Kevin is, um, that's it's it's a great insight into into what you do, and you do a lot for the community as well. Um, if people don't know that as well, so th- there's a lot of Trying. things that um, that that you do, and it's funny because we've only met I think in person once or twice, but, yeah. but I feel but I feel like I know you. Um, but more than look,
1: that. I, I'm I'm, I'm going to say that I feel like I know I felt before I met you that I know you because when so the first time I went to uh, the, the women's hockey game, I'm like, OK, I want to know more about this hockey thing. Women's hockey. I need to follow people that knows. So I was on Twitter and I think somebody retweeted one of your tweets. So I, I'm like, oh, OK, nice. This is a guy that I need to follow because he, he tweets smart stuff about women's hockey. And I learned so much through you through whatever you were tweeting, whatever you were posting, whatever you were writing, that it it helped me um, learn faster about women's hockey. So I was like, I have the, the more you know factual stuff with, with Jared. And then I'm like on the ice, I got uh, Poo and, 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 and Betty and, and all those girls. I mean, more Betty and, and Melo, but Poo too, uh, teaching me about women's hockey. And some of the conversation I had with them, I learned more about hockey with them than I learned with any other, other guys from the NHL. They are so smart on the ice. And and you, outside of the ice, so smart. So, um, testament to you, man. You, you keep keep on doing a great job. Because uh, when, when we when we wanted to do the doc and we wanted to, to have a, a journalist, the first name was, uh, we need to have Jared. This is the guy who's coming on the, on the dock. And, and we're going to have a, we did a longer version of the doc of 45 to uh, to another hour, hour, 15 minutes of the doc we're putting on, in stuff. And, and the doc is going to, it's very good. Like wherever we did right now on the on YouTube, it's fine. It's 25 or 17 minutes, something like that. But the 45 to an hour and a half or or an hour, 15 minutes that we are building right now, this will change women's hockey for real. And I'm pretty proud of it.
0: I, I can't wait to see it uh, every time a new episode comes on. And, and it's not just because I'm in it too, because I, I know, I know the the players, I, I know their story. I know that they have a lot to say <laughs> about, about this topic. And, and also they, you know, this is their, this is their life, you know, and it, it's not just every four years at the Olympics that these players come out of nowhere. You know, they, they, yep. they have to train, they have to do so much in between and, that the league was a big part of that, and, and, it's, and it's just not there anymore, and um, it, it's crazy that people are being inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame and have never made money from hockey. you know Gina J- wow. J- J- Hefford:
1: that's a quote that's a quote <laughs> you gotta that you on, got to put out on Twitter so I can retweet that shit man. <laughs> that's, that's powerful what you just said. That's powerful. that's crazy, man. It's crazy what you just said. Pisses me off. You're gonna put them to the Hall of Fame, but you don't respect the work they did. Come on now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's crazy to think about that, and, and obviously with Kim Saint Pierre um, just getting inducted as well, it's it's kind of a, uh, a a big topic. I just spoke to her this week as well, so that's um, yeah. She, you know, it, it's funny because it was the first time I ever spoke to her. Um, also, and it, it's funny because there's there's not very many people in women's hockey. I've been doing this for about 15 years now um, there's, there's not very many people I haven't spoken to before, um, but she was one, but uh, it was, it was a fun talk. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of things with women's hockey that, that people expect from that, that they don't expect from, from men's sports. And it goes out for all, not just women's hockey, women's basketball too. You know, people yeah. talk about how, you know, oh, the WNBA doesn't make money. So why are they doing it? Um, it's it's more, there's a lot of things in sports that don't make money. There's a lot of things in business that don't make money, but people do it anyway. Um, and I think that it, it, it is coming to a point where um, the NH, it's just a matter of time when the NHL will get involved. I, I don't think there's any doubt there. It's not if, it's when. But um, yeah, thank you for, for taking the time, Kevin. It, it's always great talking to you. And
1: uh, I was we're talking to you. Keep keep on doing the good job and, and tweet that shit so I can read it right now. <laughs> yeah. tweet it, man, because it's real. I, I, Kim, Kim, Kim is my girl. She's pretty private, but she's my girl. We, we play Scrabble Go together, and she's very good at that Scrabble thing and love to play with it. And she's so bubbly and always smiling. And I'm so when I saw that she was making it to the Hall of Fame, I smiled because. Because uh, um, we we do not appreciate what she did for for hockey, not women's hockey. What she did for hockey, we do not appreciate that. So on that day when they'll induct her, we'll appreciate it, and that makes me proud.
0: Absolutely, and and that goes for for a lot of the the players who are under the radar a bit, and, and women's hockey players are under the radar more than most um thank you so much and, and again listen to sans restriction look it up it's on thanks bud it's on spotify it's on uh, apple it's on everywhere you can get podcasts it's there as well um so that, kevin thank you
1: so much and stay safe thanks brother you be safe man you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel